Hello, I'm Martijn Graat and this is Does Logistics Matter? A podcast on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics. Answering yes to the question today is Miguel van As, Head of Data and Analytics Services at Alers. In this episode, we talk about the power of data, Miguel takes us through the steps of creating your own digital twin, and we talk about how you can run different scenarios from operational excellence to customer intimacy and analyze the impact of these scenarios on your supply chain. Please enjoy my conversation with Miguel van As. Miguel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Martin. Um, my first question uh, to all of my guests is always, does logistics matter? And I think you never get a no answer to that because <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're in this podcast. No, um, uh, it definitely matters. Um, and I think more and more over the, the last couple of years, I think um, uh, logistic networks, supply chains have become so global um, for every company. Uh, things are happening um, so fast and you see companies more and more focusing on that logistic chain. Um, and I think uh, for us, we, we definitely believe that, that it matters. Um, uh, we try to take, um, I, I think um, logistic costs typically range over around 10% of the total uh, company costs. So um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it has become a more and more a focus um, for, for a lot of companies. You see chief supply chain officers uh, appearing in, in the board of directors more and more. Um, a lot of people yeah. or companies are now looking at um at their supply chain networks, making it more efficient because the cost becomes more important. Um, so it, it definitely matters. And um, we believe that with the technology of today, um, with the data-driven world that we're living in, that we can make a difference in, in, in helping companies out to, to achieve these, um, these results. So does it matter? Definitely, yes. Good. Well, I absolutely agree, and uh, and you are right. I have not yet had a, a person, uh, a guest on the show who said no. Uh, I am looking forward to the first person that will say no because uh, I, I will be definitely be curious about the the reasons behind the no. Um, <clears throat> so, so uh, uh, Miguel, how did you end up in logistics? Well, um, actually, uh, in my um, six year career uh, I've been working in logistics uh, I've always been working in log- in logistics so um, um, I started um, as an intern um, after my studies at Antwerp management school um, where we had um, um, a project um, to to um, understand uh, and and investigate uh, the power of data within supply chains um, so um, that's how I end up um, investigating um, different uh, data strategies for different companies, um, looking at um, how can you bring uh, data products to markets from a logistic point of view, um, how can you um, translate data insights and use them in your supply chain and logistics network. Um, that's where I started um, and then um, end up at Alers, um, where I've um, been very much involved in the data analytics services department. Um, which is a, a quite a young uh, department within Ahlers. So we started around six years ago um, investigating all kinds of different services and have now uh, built it up um, 
to a point where we are serving um, not just existing Alers customers, but also new ones. Uh, so people who are only using, uh, or companies who are only using our, logist, uh, our data analytics services. Um, and um, have been there ever since. Um, now we, we've, um, we, I'm, I'm managing a team of around, um, um, yeah, in total, I think six to seven people um, with all uh, a data background and a supply chain background to help companies um, finding op optimizations uh, in their supply chain. Yeah, so <clears throat> that's pretty pretty unique for a logistic service provider. Usually, they provide the logistic services, you know, warehousing. They they manage transportation, uh, asset based or asset light, um, and all all these things. But uh, you guys actually have a uh, a specific data analytics uh, department uh, and and uh, a, a separate service. Yeah, so, uh, so exactly. Exactly, and and um, it's kind of a little bit in the DNA of Alex. So um, we're an, an, an entrepreneurial company. We try to uh, evolve together with our customers, and I think mm -hmm. uh, the feedback on data analytics came very much um, from our customers because they were the ones that were telling us um, you collect a lot of our logistics data, you manage it. So it's the data is in your systems. You, you know where it comes from. You have um, the expertise, knowledge in logistics to also think about what you can do with it. Um, so um, that very much let us in, in using that feedback and trying to um, do more than just the traditional things that are reporting and showing what, what they have, but also think with them. Um, to improve their logistic networks and and to to really look for optimizations, to really look for um, an improvement in their logistics KPIs, so that we can um, be not just their traditional logistic partner, but also help them uh, in a more data-driven and on a more strategical um, level. So that that that's that, that's exactly uh, the path um, we have chosen uh, as Alice. So, so, so how does that work? So I, I, I run a company, uh, I have a complex supply chain, I have a large logistics operation. Um, uh, I, I, I want to do something with that data. How does, how does that work? Well, it depends, of course. Uh, you know, um, Martin, um, as well as I do, that um, different companies are in different maturity levels in their, um, let's say, uh, technology and data analytics process. Um, yeah. There, there are, yeah. there are many frameworks around that. Um, and and, and, and it, it, it's also not bad to be in whatever stage. I mean, um, you, you focus on your core things and um, uh, you do what you do well. Um, but we know that there are different um, maturity stages within your, your data analytics journey. Um, you have companies mm -hmm. who are more the, the front runners and already investigating, doing things with artificial intelligence, have um, complex data layers and stuff like that. But there are other companies who are uh, still doing their reporting in more simple tools. Uh, think of the one everyone knows, like Excel, for example, or, Excel, or who, are, who yeah. are doing more reporting. So I think that's the first step, having that assessment on, okay, where are you today? What data do you have? Um, 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 what do you collect already? Um, because there are also stages in, in types of data that you collect. Um, you can collect simple order data and cost data, but you can also go a little further and and and, um, and collect uh, Internet of Things data. So really um, uh, um, data coming from, um, 
from from um, sensors etc that are uh, in trucks so you can you can get the position of your trucks for example so um, that assessment is the first step understanding a bit for wh what they have um, and then um, there's more a business approach to it. We try to be very pragmatic. We try to understand where do you want to go? What do you want to achieve? Um, and what are the savings you want to achieve? Um, what, what are your objectives? Do you want to improve service? Do you want to um, go for a cost optimization? Um, and what are the specific needs for your logistic network or for your supply chain where we can um, yeah, help um, and to understand it, uh, and typically then um, the, the 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 next step is um, is once we know what data is available, once we know the goal of um, what we want to achieve with the data, then we um, bring in the technology, um, and then we um, try to make um, yeah what we call a digital copy of the logistic network. Um, the, mm -hmm. the the more standardly used term is the digital twin. Um, digital twin, yeah. yeah. But but these these um, these digital twins help us um, to model uh, or at least to understand the current situation, uh, to understand what the customer is currently doing, um, and then helps us to um, make what if analysis, make scenarios, help us to 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 think about where can we go next. Um, and it's uh, from the moment we have that digital copy that we can. Um, start improving, start understanding where the bottlenecks are and where we can um, uh, evolve together with the customer to, to, to really think about their pain points and how we can solve them. So and you're, you're talking about a team of, of six to seven data specialists. So, so people that, that are, yeah, that know everything there is, uh, how they can work with this data. So it sounds, it sounds complex. Um, do you, uh, uh, in what stage do you start working with these companies? I mean, do you, do you work with companies that are uh, starting out uh, in, in the data game or, uh, or, or, or are you working with the, the companies that uh, are uh, advanced or is it, is it any level? Yeah. Um, well, uh, to be honest, um, yeah, since we're, we're already for, for a couple of years in the business, um, our, our, customer portfolio um, really covers the whole spectrum um, where we see okay. that 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 the need um, for help is very much in the earlier stages um, companies that that don't have the capabilities themselves uh, for doing these type of exercises they, they are of course very much interested in in our help um, but we have also companies who um, really leverage these, this digital twin technology who really use it on a more permanent basis uh, and not on a one-off project um, who really, and, and, and we call that um, continuously design their logistic network. So um, they refresh their data, um, they update their algorithms, they try to reuse their data to train um, the, the artificial intelligence algorithms and the machine learning algorithms. Um, and also there we see that they take um, most of the value because the more you repeat these type of exercises, the more you work on live data and the more you, your algorithms are, are, are trained, um, the more benefits and the more value you get out of it. So in that sense, um, we help uh, customers along the way, but we try to evolve with them um, to come eventually at that stage where they they reach a, a better data maturity, let's say. So 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 for companies that want to start, where do they start? Well, 
uh, again, um, it, it, it's, it's, we typically start with a project, uh, a project of a couple of, I think typically it's, it's two or three months um, where we really try to understand um, both the data side as well as the business side. Uh, and probably that business side mm -hmm. is even more important than uh, getting a hold of the data um, because every supply chain, and you know it better than I do, uh, Martin, but every supply chain, every logistic network has its own uh, specific needs, but also its own specific constraints, certain things that cannot be optimized, yeah. certain things that should go a specific way. Um, so that's very much yeah. part of that project where we start off with to really understand um, what is so typical about this customer's supply chain. Um, and then we also try to guide them in their data journey. So we, we, we have, um, um, and there again, it's, it's about maturity. We have templates that they can fill themselves from their own reports um, where we say, can you please help us in finding uh, or, or, or can you fill our data templates so you understand um, what exactly we need from you in terms, in terms of um, the needs for building that digital twin? Um, but um, in the more complex projects, we built interfaces directly with the customer's systems. So um, it, it, it's really um, a, a first-time project, I would say, for, for a couple of months, two or three, um, to get to know the customer, but also to understand um, their data requirements and their data needs um, to, to, um, to, to then um, start playing eventually and uh, start defining the scenarios, start defining where do we want to go, start defining what should we monitor um, because where are things going wrong um, to then come to, to an improved state, let's say, and we call it the, the, the to be uh, or, or, or the, the most optimal uh, scenario. And, and and do you think of of these uh, th these increases in efficiency that, that you try to find, or are these these problems that you pinpoint, are they problems that the companies say, you know, we have a, prob a problem here, or we have a problem here, or do you also look at the uh, at at all the data available and then and then go, hey, we've analyzed the data. Mm -hmm. But there's a huge there's a huge problem here. So do you also by analyzing these data find problems um, that companies didn't even know they had? That, that's a good point. Um, I think typically the the need comes from a certain pain. Let's say um, yeah. So yeah. so th there's always something where they struggle with um, and where they think maybe we can maybe the digital twin can help us out to monitor and to really understand what's happening and to understand what the influencing factors are. Um, but we see it quite often that um, um, the results or at least the drivers of that specific pain is not always what the customer was expecting. So by looking at the whole network and by taking a holistic view, um, we can typically find things that they were not expecting. Um, because um, if you look at, and, and that's quite typical in supply chain, if you don't look at the end-to-end -end view, so if you don't start with a supplier, then go all the way to the end customer and every stage in between, um, it might be that you're sub-optimizing. Um, so you can maybe um, yeah. pull it, um, uh, pick one specific lane and try to optimize the truck fill as much as possible to make sure you're running very optimized and smooth on that lane, but that might give, um, for example, inventory troubles in the receiving DC, 
or um, that yeah. might give a, a challenge in working capital or in uh, order acceptance in the receiving DC. So um, it's very much our idea to really look at that holistic end-to-end -end view, because if you can do that, um, you can typically find um, the root cause of the problem and not just a, a, the, the superficial um, thing that, that we thought there was a problem with. Yeah, so 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 creating this digital twin. So and a, a digital twin is a uh, so if I would visualize that, it's that's like the, the uh, a copy of all the relevant uh, supply chain data, uh, and then you use that data to um, to run scenarios and to to try out this new. Mm -hmm. So let's take the lane for example. Mm -hmm. So you have a, a copy of the data for for uh, I guess a couple of months. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you you edit uh, or you optimize this one lane, and then the the analytics software, if I say mm -hmm. it correctly, it can uh, uh, it can look at the change, and and then you can analyze: is that a good change or is it not a good change? Well, um, yeah, th that that's more or less uh, how you say it is is also how it works. But l let's start with the with the digital twin uh, concept. So uh, yes. indeed, the first thing we do is collecting data, um, is, is really trying to make um, a digital copy of what is happening in the real world. Um, and mm -hmm. um, um, that data has to be enriched um, because um, in a supply chain, there are so many, and, and especially in modern supply chains, because uh, from the trends we have seen over the last months, years, um, supply chains are so much influenced from the outer side. Um, so you can not just rely on the traditional um, uh, ERP data or just normal data that comes out of a customer system, but it has to be enriched with external data sources. Think of, um, okay. think of um, weather data to understand um, certain patterns are influenced by the weather. Uh, it might be if you sell beer for example that when the weather is nice that you will do um, more transportation uh, in the summer rather than in the winter so we try to mm -hmm. enrich that data to really understand um, what is happening but also what they are the external factors that influence what is happening because that's what we want to measure as well um, to uh, and there we try to make um, a, a vision that has enough complexity to understand these patterns but that also um, don't have too much complexity that um, the user cannot understand what is happening anymore. So there's a there's a sweet spot there to really understand um, to what level of detail do we have to go and what granularity do we have to go. Um, and that gives us um, the current situation. Um, a current situation where we can constantly mon monitor um, key variables, key things that are changing. Think of uh, logistic prices, but also um, timings, uh, um, think of lead times from a supplier and, 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 and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It allows us to really monitor um, the most important specificities in um, the supply chain. Um, and then um, we start building the algorithms. So that, that's also what, what you were what you were mentioning. And um, because as soon as we have that as this situation, we can think of, okay, how can we improve this? Um, and the first thing is, um, uh, and there, there are two ways in that. First, 
is um, we develop the scenarios ourselves um, from a more business user perspective and um, where we sit together with the customer and try to understand, okay, um, what can we, what are the constraints we can really optimize within? Um, what are the, 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 the things where we want to go? And we can simulate those what if scenarios and see, okay, that's a good decision. That's something we want to do. Maybe we can uh, decrease the stock level in that warehouse a little bit and then increase it somewhere else. Or um, we, we build a new warehouse to make it more efficient. Um, second option there, uh, Martin, is a little bit like you mentioned, mm -hmm. where, where the algorithm themselves can recognize patterns um, based on the data that we've gathered. Um, um, to, again, take the example of lead times, um, if suddenly your lead time is increasing uh, since the last couple of weeks, we've seen it evolve from four days. That is typically um, um, the typical lead time for a certain supplier. And it increases to six, seven, eight, nine days. Then the algorithms mm -hmm. can recognize that. They can recognize there's something going wrong because um, it's, it's increasing. And then um, um, the algorithm can give the recommendation to say, hmm, it seems like the supplier is not really in time. Um, the lead time is is is, is getting longer, um, so maybe we should increase the safety stock um, to make sure that we have enough buffer ah, that we yeah. don't run out of out of um, that we don't run out of product. Um, and then again, yeah. the user gets to see that the the, the business user gets to uh, accept or decline that recommendation, and we can move forward. So um, it's twofold. Um, to 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 conclude. One, where we can drive the decisions and where we can really run simulations mm -hmm. that we have, um, let's say, in our gut feeling and, and take a, a data-driven approach towards that. Um, other than that, there is also some kind of pattern recognition by the, by the algorithms um, for certain key drivers um, where, we can then, where it can then give recommendations on certain actions to take. Yeah, and I think a common one that 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 most people in logistics know would be like a route optimization exactly. algorithm. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. route optimization is one of the algorithms that we have in our portfolio. Um, and um, yeah, to, to to give a good example, there, for example, the 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 algorithm can look at the orders of the day and can can see, for example, whoa this customer has suddenly ordered seven pallets instead of the average that it always orders, which, which is two. So we'll have to adapt the routes to make sure that um, we can drive as full as possible um, and, 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 and do different customers in a different manner to make sure that we can, uh, we can most optimally deliver all of these customers. So uh, it's a good example, yeah. Martin, I think. Um, um, and and the, the, the key... Um, advantage there because there are a lot of route optimization um, uh, or a lot of route optimizers out there is that um, by having that digital twin you have the dynamic aspect of it dynamic in the sense that mm -hmm. um, you always look at the newest data so um, that helps in 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 um, in re-optimizing and redoing it again and and learning from the new data that comes in. So um, uh, by having it dynamic and by constantly monitoring, um, you achieve a lot more than doing a one-time optimization, let's say. And and where you speak about uh, different goals 
for for uh, for uh, for creating these algorithms. Uh, then again, going to the, the route optimization. Uh, I mean, you could optimize for uh, I want to uh, minimize the number of miles or kilometers my trucks drive because I want to uh, drive down that cost. Or um, you can p uh, put in constraints saying uh, I want every truck to be on time. Mm -hmm. So so no matter so, so no matter what. Yeah. Or I don't want trucks that are uh, uh, half empty. Mm -hmm. So, so there. So I'm guessing there's there's different uh, uh, different uh, uh, reasons. Uh, or yeah, how do I say this? Exactly. Exactly. There are different different ways to optimize mm -hmm. or different different business challenges. Exactly. And I, I think I think uh, Martin, we we touched upon the point already a little bit uh, previously um, in in the conversation where we said. We don't just want to help them in traditional logistics, but also think along in terms of strategy. Um, because what you're saying there is, is, is actually a strategic question for many companies. And they have to make the mm -hmm. trade-off, um, where do I want to be in my cost service trade-off? Do I want to provide the perfect service to my customers? And is that where I take my key advantage uh, over my competitors to make sure that, um, when a customer orders with my company, he always gets his goods in time. He always gets his goods as fast as possible. And he always gets his goods um, uh, in, in full quality. Then probably that will cost more. Um, that, that, will mm -hmm. impact, yeah. um, that will impact the logistic costs. And you will not be able to run uh, as efficient as a company who decides to, no, I don't want to be a customer intimate player in the market, but I want to be an operational excellence player in the market where I focus on doing my logistics as cheap as possible to make sure that I have a competitive advantage over my um, competitors and to make sure that I can give the best prices, for example. So um, you don't just um, come to operational logistic problems, but it links quite often uh, by determining, um, for example, these objectives um, to the supply chain strategy. And that's that's the beautiful thing of it, um, because you can take the holistic view and look at the, at the helicopter view and, and, and look at um, what is our supply chain strategy. And using the digital twin, you can drill down to very specific problems, like, for example, the vehicle routing, but it might also be a, a stock problem in a certain um, in a certain DC, yeah. because um, when you go for the customer intimacy approach, you probably have a little bit more stock compared to the operational excellence player. Um, be, where you say, where the customer intimacy strategy thinks, well, I never do want to run out of product. I always want to be able to deliver my customer, so I have a higher safety stock level. Compared to the operational yep. excellence player who will say, I only have enough safety stock for 90 95% of my orders and if i run out well then i have then i am um, then i'll take the costs but uh, i will have to do something so there's a there's quite a big link to to supply chain strategy as well so and so and what companies can do that have uh, this digital twin in place is they can start turning these dials and see what happens. Thanks. So what if my what if I increase my service level to 99%, what's gonna happen with my cost? Mm -hmm. or, or if I uh, go down to 90%, uh, what happens with my cost and what happens with my efficiency? Exactly, 
exactly and and that's that's the that's okay, the beauty cool. of it um um you're not running or simulating all of this in the real world so in fact um the craziest ideas cannot mess up uh, your logistics let's say <laughs> uh, but it yeah. but it it really allows you to understand what are the drivers of my decisions and what are the results so you you can test uh, so many scenarios and actually you can um, really change your strategy. Um, I, I have customers, for example, who said, well, let's try the both extremes. Let's try to make uh, a supply chain that is totally cost efficient um, and where we um, don't care about service level uh, and see what, mm -hmm. what the, the, the costs are there. But let's also try to go to the other side of the spectrum and let's try to be within every customer uh, within one day of delivery so we can make sure that um, whatever the customer asks um, that we can deliver him um, and by by running these two extremes in terms of scenarios um, they really understand okay or they can then decide where do we want to be on this spectrum and what is now the exact um, um, so, or, or what is now the exact logistics network that we go for? Um, and from now on, we base our, 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 um, our decisions on, on this strategy. So, um, by having the, the digital twin, you can really, um, um, yeah, plug and play, um, and think of, 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 um, of, of, of where you want to be in terms of strategy, but also how can, within those boundaries, you can, you can optimize, let's say. So, uh, Miguel, you've made it abundantly clear uh, what the possibilities are for a digital twin. So can you, as a, as a recap, um, uh, state once more what companies can do? So what are the steps they, uh, they need to take uh, themselves and the steps that you take uh, uh, for them to get to a digital twin? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, I, I think um, uh, recapping it... Um, 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 is, 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 um, let, let, let's start with the why. Yeah? Um, um, but the, the why is quite often um, things are changing so fast um, and, and traditional supply chains have always been designed for a non-changing environment. Um, so yeah. um, traditional supply chains are like, okay, we, we, we want to be the, the cost optimal uh, player so let's design our supply chain for stable demand uh, and, and, and do our forecast every year. Um, but that's not the reality of today anymore. Uh, there's so much changing. No. Um, so I think that's the first thing is understanding um, the why of a, of a digital twin and understanding the value. Second step is then um, assess what data you have. Um, and you can do that by yourself. You can do that um, using using other companies who provide the services, um, but it's really understanding. Okay, what data do I have, and what data is needed um, to at least get to uh, some form of a digital twin? Um, secondly, we have, and I think that's the most important step is the the, the business mm -hmm. assessment um, because it's also you can just build a digital twin, but it's really how does this fit in our business? How does this fit in our process? And how does this fit in our future vis vision uh, of our business? So there's a, a very important step in, in uh, business-wise to really understand um, um, what you want to achieve with it. 
Um, and then um, it's about um, modeling it. So um, where, where you can use experts um, with, with data knowledge to, to really build um, your supply chain model and to really build um, the, the digital twin. Um, and then the final step is about uh, playing and understanding your drivers, but also in understanding um, where you'd like to go, what scenarios you need to optimize, but also what drivers do you need to take care of to make sure your supply chain keeps running smoothly? So um, I think that's, that's a little bit uh, the different step. Start off with the why, understand what data sources are available, think of what context you play in as a company and what, what your business requirements are, and then finally build the digital twin and run the scenarios where you think these are more optimal um, and make sure that your model or, or that your uh, model looks at the right drivers in your, uh, in your supply chain and then take the right conclusions and right actions from it. Because what we also see is that you can have the state of the art software, you can really have the digital twin, but it's sometimes difficult to also implement um, the recommendations. Um, so there has to be um, a process as well at the end of that, of, of those different stages to make sure that what you gain as insights and what you gain as decisions, that these also flow back to the business uh, to make sure they can become a reality as well. So I think that that's a little bit uh, the, the different steps we have, uh, Martin. Great. Well, Miguel, thank you very much for, for explaining the concept of the digital twin to me. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I had a, an idea about what it was, uh, but you actually gave me, uh, gave me a lot more insight in, uh, in, in what the power of a digital twin, uh, uh, what power it can hold. So uh, thank you very much for, uh, for sharing this uh, today. Yeah, that's, uh, you, I'm, you're very welcome. Uh, you can start small. You can um, really achieve something with the data you have, whether you're in the early maturity stage or not. Um, and, and I think that's very powerful because um, um, everyone's becoming more data-driven and the current rea reality forces you to become more data-driven. So, um, so I think that's, that, that's the cool thing about combining uh, technology and, and, and supply chain knowledge there. Excellent. I have nothing more to add. Thank you, Miguel. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Does Logistics Matter? For more on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics, visit our blog at www.logisticsmatter.com. This podcast was produced by Dimitri Vleugel. The music is based on a sample by Ragaman and produced by Michael Spengler. This episode was sponsored by Ahlers. For more than 110 years, Ahlers has been helping clients all over the world. Active in three regions, Europe, CIS and Asia, they provide state-of-the-art logistics and tailor-made solutions. Their services focus on supply chain solutions, warehousing, project and machinery logistics, secure transportation of high-value and or theft-sensitive goods, trade facilitation and after-sales services, and supply chain data analytics. Allers finds the best solutions that fit the customer profile perfectly. They enable customers to stay focused on their core business and manage innovative supply chain solutions which add value. 
They solve supply chain challenges in complex environments. Find out more at www.ahlers.com. That's A H L E R S.